Multiply Church podcast, a podcast designed to equip and encourage you to make and multiply more followers of Jesus Christ in your local context, in your local church. What is up? I hope everybody's doing well today. I think I have started every podcast with what is up. So I need a new uh, intro into this. But anyways, we're going to just continue to move on. I hope everybody's doing well. I have um, one of my best friends in the world. Jesse Slinkman on the podcast. Jesse's going to be, um, in a sense, I guess you could say you're my co-host. We'll just go with that because it sounds like it's going to be a cool title for you to have because I don't want to just be the host. We'll be co-hosts together with this thing. So what's up, man? How are you doing? Doing good. Good to be on. Finally. Was this the third or fourth episode? This will be, yeah, this will be the fourth episode, which is kind of yeah. cool. We have three under our belt. So now it's not just me talking, it's multiple people talking, which is fantastic to me. So I don't have to just sit and talk to my cork board all the time. So yeah, I'm excited for it. Awesome. It's cool. So let's, um, yeah, let's just kind of dive into you a little bit before we get into the topic of, I thought this title was fantastic for my, for this podcast, the, the why and oh my of church planning. I don't know why that, I thought that was so funny. I just think it is. Um, but we'll get to the topic in a minute. Um, how about you just tell everybody who you are, what you do, family, all of that. So, um, I am first and foremost follower of Jesus and disciple of Jesus. Um, outside of that, I am a husband to Sydney. I'm a dad to three girls. Um, I am the worship pastor, like Adam said, at least I think you said I'm the worship pastor at Multiply Church. Um, and that's why we are, you know, out here because we're church planting and I'm leading worship, you know, week in and week out. Um, how that kind of came about was, I was a worship leader at the church where Adam did his pastoral residency um, in Eastern Iowa. That's where we met. And Adam, I remember when we went to Red Robin and I asked you and Brianna to uh, join our small group. And that was kind of the start of like yeah, our, I forgot about yeah. that. That's yeah. true. So I remember that. sitting, having a lunch and we had just met and asked if you want to join Gosh, our small group so and funny. our friendship, our friendship just kind of took off from there between you and I and between uh, you know, our two wives and the four of us. And we just felt, I mean, in short, we just felt a connection with you guys and a, a burden just to go where you were going. And we didn't know where that was at the time, um, ended up being West Des Moines. Um, yeah, but we just kind of felt compelled to, uh, to follow the Lord and, and you. And yeah, that led us out to West Des Moines. And it's crazy that it's been, oh, has it been over two years? Something like that, but since the, the time is really that, flown, yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. But God's been good, so I'm no longer in quote unquote ministry, you know, full time vocationally anymore. I work at, um, I work at Athene in West Des Moines, but God's been good in providing us a house and a job and getting us out here and just kind of making the way for our journey and church planning to happen. Um, yeah, it's just been a really cool thing to see God do, and us not really being able to take any credit for it. So that's kind of the short of it. That's the mm -hmm. 30, 60 second version. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, Jesse's underselling himself a lot. He is an incredible worship pastor and a great friend to me and even better husband and father to now three girls, which is crazy. Um, yeah. You know, we couldn't get a boy in the mix, but it was, you know, I was rooting for a boy, but no, just got I mean, after two, 
after two, it's just easy to keep them all the same. I guess know? so. You don't have to go buy new clothes. That's for sure. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. good. No. Yeah. And that's just a little bit into him. I'm sure you'll get to know him more and more as we uh, make our way through this podcast um, with different episodes, you'll get insight to more of his heart. I know we will <clears throat> in a future episode when we talk a little bit more about worship and what that means. I know he'll have some great insight into that. Um, but for this conversation today, we're going to just talk about church planning. We're going to talk about <clears throat> first the why. And, and then after that, we're going to get a little bit, I mean, Jessica's already hinted at some of it, um, teased it up for you guys, but we're going to talk a little bit more about just personally what church planning means to us, uh, both in the, um, exciting element of that word and in the challenge side of it as well. Like, um, what are some roadblocks that we have hit and, you know, we're going to kind of put 2020 to the side at least. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about it, but, uh, let's first just talk about church planning. Um, because that's actually the heartbeat of our church, right? We are a church plant. We are a church plant of, I guess you could call it three, four months. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to decide our age because like, you know, you spend a year doing church planning and then you launch and then you're like, well, we're still a church plant. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but, um, I think, yeah, what I want to do to start this conversation is talk a little bit about, um, like the theology behind church planning. Like, like, why is it important? Like, why is it that something that we're doing? Cause I don't know about you, Jesse, like I, growing up, there wasn't a lot to talk about church planning. What about you? Yeah, I think for me, that's a really great question. I think for me growing up, it was all about missions, right? It was all about like, a lot of it was short-term mission trip, which totally great, totally good. Like I've done that, right? Go down to Mexico, you build a house, like, and that's great. That's awesome. But I never heard anything about church planning growing up. It wasn't until we were at, um, again, that church where you did your residency, where I was working, where I really was exposed to like church planning on on a consistent basis for a church and not just like a, Hey, this is something we're going to be involved in for a little bit, but it's not really part of our church life. Mm-hmm. Whereas like for our church in the future, we hope that to be such a core part of like our DNA and, and who we are, um, whether that's supporting other church plants, planting other church plants, right. Being a church plant ourselves right now. Um, yeah. So growing up, that was never really like, a big thing. Um, yeah. but I mean, <clears throat> as we're going like to look it. at in scripture, as we're going to look at in scripture, it's like, it's a huge deal, especially in the new Testament. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that like, once you open your eyes to it, you see it everywhere. Like, I don't know. It's like, to me, it was like covenant theology. Once you kind of like started learning more about the covenants, you saw them everywhere. Like once you learned about the, you know, the, the covenant between God and Abraham, like once you start reading the Old Testament, you just see it all over the page. And so to me, that's the same thing with church planning, like with the new, especially the book of Acts, like it was like, whoa, this is, this is something people do to me. Church planning growing up was always those weird guys who were like super like outgoing and they were, I don't know, just, I had a picture of of a church planner and I just didn't see myself as that. Um, I just felt like it was the outgoing dude who was really crazy, who could get a good crowd going. He's very entrepreneurial, all that stuff. But yeah, we just didn't talk about it. It was all about, you know, missions going overseas but it was never like, let's plant a church that lingo and verbiage wasn't used. And so, like you said, we're going to hope and pray that we, we use that verbiage going forward in our church until I really got to yeah, our sinning church. I didn't even know what it meant to, to like, even like be a part of it, let alone church plan itself. Like, what does it look like for a person to be a part of church planning? Um, 
but we'll get to that at the end. So yeah, let's, let's kind of talk about like, yeah, some scripture, some passages that kind of come to mind when we think about church planning, because just like anything, anything that's theological, we have to root it in scripture. I mean, that's the key for us. Um, you know, we, it might be cool to do in hip, that doesn't mean it's worthwhile. That doesn't mean that's what God wants us to do. And so we have to make sure we're rooted in scripture. Um, so the first place that I go to, um, that I think, um, maybe you wouldn't think about, but it's actually the heartbeat of church planning, which is the great commission in Matthew 28. And so, um, to me, um, you're like, well, it doesn't mention church planning. Like, how is that church planning? Well, like, let's read the passage, right? Like it go, right. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And then it says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded them. Like obedience, teaching, all of that. So we have this interesting dynamic of Jesus himself saying, go make disciples. So automatically, most people are going to say, okay, that's missions. Let's go and share the gospel. Like, okay, that is, that is true. That is absolutely 100%. We don't want to diminish that. Make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them. And then teaching it. So then there's an out, there's kind of a new element that's presented like, okay, well, there's this baptism element and then teaching. So there's got to be almost more there than just go share the gospel, go evangelize and just leave them to be. There seems to be in this commission from what I'm reading it. And then what we see through acts acts is the great commission lived out is churches being formed because what do we believe about the church? They are a group of people who have been made disciples, who have been baptized, and now they're teaching and following the commandments of the Lord. That's the church. And so at the heart of church planning is the Great Commission. I don't think you can excuse that. I don't think you can ignore it. I think it's right there. It might not include the words church or planting, but it is, that is the heartbeat of what church planning is. Go, make disciples, form a church, and follow Jesus. Like that's the first place that I go to. Um, I don't know, Jesse, what are your thoughts about that? Like com- connecting the, the great commission to church. Like, why is that so important? I mean, when I look at, it, I think a lot of it is built on even the, the uh, preceding phrase, all authority in heaven mm-hmm. and on earth has been given to me, obviously Jesus speaking, like part of Jesus's rule and reign on this earth is like the obedience of the nations. So um, a lot of it is built on this idea that um, the nations and the people of the nations have to respond to Jesus, right? And it's our commission from him to, um, in a sense, like help them. That's not a great phrasing of it, but like help them obey him. And that's what we see in acts, right? So they go out, um, I forget the exact order, but I think it's, is it Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and, and all the world. And they're supposed to, and we along with them, just like they were doing, we are supposed to be teaching the nations how to obey Jesus, how to follow him, love him, serve him, obey his commands. Um, so, I mean, it really, the great commission is really the cornerstone for why we go. All authority has been given to Jesus. And it's our job to come alongside in, in his mission, right? Not our own mission in his mission to, um, to, in a sense with the power of the Holy spirit opens people, open people's eyes to see, 
hey, this is the truth of the gospel. Like Paul says, this is the mystery of the gospel. It's for Jews and Gentiles. And our role is to follow and, and obey. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly right. And I think, and you know, a critique might be, or like a question that might arise, but like, I was like, okay, like this is talking about sharing the gospel. It's like, yes, that is true. Um, and church planning, like we've learned, which we'll get to that, I'm sure is about sharing the gospel, like opening, having the spirit open people's eyes to the gospel message. But um, there has to be, and you see in scripture, God ordaining a body, a people that you are, I'm going to say this phrase and I hope everybody understands what I mean by this. You're saved into it, right? Like you, like we are saved into Christ, but we're also saved into the church. And I think we, we forget about that. we don't like God never said, go and just make disciples and let them just roam freely in the wilderness. Like, no, it's, you are saved into a people. And I think first Peter picks up on this thing. Like you are a holy nation. Uh, you know, you're a Royal priesthood, a, a nation, uh, you know, all of this stuff, you are a people for his own possession. There is this collective nature that you can't like overlook. It's not just, we make disciples and move on. No, you are saved into a body. And the question is, okay, if there was no body there, you have to start it. <laughs> like that's the whole idea with church planning. Like if there's nothing there, you've got to start the body. And so with that one person, with those two people, IE, that is church planning. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, I, I mean, points. yeah, I totally agree with everything that you just said. And um, I would just add to that the, the body. So in the, in the new Testament, it's, it's amazing when you read through the new Testament, how much, Paul and the New Testament writers are writing to the church as a collective of people, not right. simply just as, as individuals. Um, like he's, it, he's not just talking to individual people. He's talking to the body. He's talking to the church, a group of believers, um, not just necessarily individual people. And there's so many commands for us in scripture that we are to take as a body, as a community. Um, so like a couple of weeks ago, when I preached on the Colossians one passage that Jesus is the head of the body, the church, right? So he is the head of all of us. And that body is continually supposed to be growing as we're fulfilling the great commission um, because we have to be doing this as a body, as a collective collective of people who serve Jesus, love Jesus, worship Jesus. It's not just an individual thing in our Western culture. We tend to think of it very individualized, but, but, the new Testament teaching is very contrary to our individualized assumption of our own walk with Christ. It is very much, and needs to be very much a community aspect built upon, um, the, the church, like being a group of people together. Yeah. 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 And I think it just, I mean, a good way to put it is, um, in church planning, you need to have, um, you need to understand what your theology is, but you also need to understand what your ecclesiology is. And when I say that, that means you're essentially your understanding what the local church is. Um, if you don't have a good settled understanding of ecclesiology, um, church planning is not going to make sense to you. Like if you don't value a church, then why would, why would we go plant one? So I think you're right on the money with that. And so I want to turn to another passage of scripture. I talked about this in my, in the first podcast. So if you haven't watched or watched, goodness gracious, um, if you haven't listened to our first podcast, go and take a listen. But I mentioned like where we get our name multiply from, but in one of those passages, Acts nine, um, 
is actually really key to church planting. It's, you know, our vision as a church has always been, we're going to multiply disciples. We're going to multiply the gospel and then we're going to multiply churches, i.e. church planting. And so in Acts, um, um, in Acts, uh, hold on, I'm flipping my Bible here. I'm using a different Bible than I normally do. Um, goodness, this Bible is throwing me. Acts 6, 7 is the first one. Why can't I find it in this Bible? Anyways, I digress. Um, I'll just quote it from memory because I can remember the passage. So um, in Acts, it talks about... Um, that, uh, this, so the church has been, you know, growing, it's been spreading, disciples are being made. And, you know, in, in this passage of scripture, it says that, um, the, 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 the believers were growing in the, the fear of the Holy spirit. And then the phrase says, um, it multiplied, um, it multiplied. And so you have to ask yourself, what is the it there? And the it there is the church. Um, it is, the body of Christ multiplying. So you literally have one church started and then it says not only disciples were being multiplied, but it itself multiplied. I mean, that is like, there's no other way around it. That is church planning. Like as a hundred percent what it is. And I don't think we think about multiplying churches. And so Jesse kind of chime in with this, like, why, like, why do you think churches don't want to multiply? Um, we get caught up in our routines and traditions a lot. Um, that's not to say every church is guilty of this. Right. Um, but I think, I think in, in general, and this is kind of goes back to our sinful nature, right. Even when we're trying to do good things for the Lord, we kind of can forget the main thing. So we can at times. And again, I don't want to sound like I'm condemning anyone for any kind of ministries they do or anything like that. It's not what I'm trying to say, but I am trying to say that Jesus's last words to us before he ascended was the great commission. And so that is, that is like the main thing. Um, Multiplication is hard because it's not just addition, right? It's not just adding to numbers. Multiplication has this idea of like exponential growth, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's tough work and it's a lot harder than I really thought it would be. Um, but I think we get caught up in just doing what we're doing, right? We just caught up, get caught up in doing what we're doing instead of being focused on what Jesus, the task that Jesus has given us. Um, and again, that's not to condemn anyone. I just think yeah. that's kind of the reality that all churches, ourselves included, need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's what it comes down to. I think <clears throat> for a long time, you know, we're very internally focused people, whether that's individualistically or in, in regards to the church, we, we kind of look inside and into ourselves. And I think we don't think about how do we spread? How do we, how do we duplicate this? Um, and it seems to be clear. So I found, sorry, I found it in this Bible. It's a new Bible I'm using here, but yeah, Acts 9, 30, 31, uh, is the passage if you want to write it down. But, um, you know, it's, the church was very like clear. We are going to duplicate ourselves. We are going to reproduce ourselves. Um, and not to get into, um, cause I actually really can get into multiplication from a, a, um, big view of actual scripture. I think, you know, actually multiplication is 
and um, is a thread throughout scripture. I think if you dive deeper into it, um, especially now that I'm going through my Bible reading plan, I see the word multiply every day in Genesis. Um, it's just in a different way, but I mean, track, track with me here is as I do this very, very quickly, but just like in the old Testament where God promised, you know, Abraham, he would multiply him into a great nation that he would, he would literally reproduce in multiple people, multiple descendants, and he would spread over all the earth. That was the promise to multiply, to create worshipers for his name. That was essentially what God wanted to do. Now, translate that to the new Testament. It's the same idea. We are to multiply, not in the sense of the reproduction sense of it, but in the sense of we are to reproduce born again, believers. Like that is the multiplication throughout scripture. It's always been about how do we multiply, get more people to be worshipers of God. And multiplication is not just a new Testament thing. It's actually an old Testament thing too, but there's that caveat. I'll talk about that more one day, but, um, Specifically the point your, is, it shows, yeah, it shows God's heart, right? Yeah. So whether it was Israel propagating, propagating through like natural means, right? And like being a light and witness for God in the Old Testament, right? That's why like, that's why God gives them the law um, because he says that other nations are supposed to say, what kind of God does this nation have who's so close to them? Yeah. Like whether that's, true in the old Testament in a different sense that it is for us in the new Testament, obviously Jews and Gentiles. I think the, the underlying principle is still there that we are to, as that the people of God are to grow and expand, build his kingdom, um, um, spread his glory. Right. Um, it shows God's underlying heart. Even if that, even if that, um, specific passage you just brought up with Abraham, even if that doesn't necessarily absolutely apply to us specifically yep. in a generational national sense, like that obviously doesn't exist anymore. It shows God's heart for his own glory and the yep. spread of his own fame and what we are to do. Mm, yeah. That's a good podcast for another day. I can talk about the new Israel there, but I won't do it on this podcast. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It talks about the heart of God. He wants more people to, to, to worship him. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. Then the question begins that you have to ask that question that follows is how do you do that? And what I'm proposing to you today, what we are, what we believe scripture is, is that that is church planting. That is being on mission for Christ is church planting. Uh, they're one and the same. Great commission is church planting. Um, I don't think you can separate it. So to me, that's the how we see. So I think you can see already biblically speaking, even just from a couple passages is very clear. And so then I'm going to turn to one other passage that I think I'll turn to a couple other ones, but uh, Acts 13 is another passage of scripture that we use um, to actually see what church planning looks like, actually seeing something reproduce. So in Acts 13, you have the church in Antioch, one of the greatest churches um, um, in, in, you know, in, uh, in history. And you see some just like, man, hall of fame people in this church, but they realize We've got to fulfill the Great Commission. That's our heart. That's what we have to do. And so they separate. It says, it says this, it's set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. And after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. What did they send them off to do? Plant churches. That's what they sent them off to do. And you say, Adam, how do you know that? It's like, well, I, I read the rest of Acts and that's what they did. 
Um, and then you get insight into the letters of like actually how that works. So like Acts kind of functions as like, it tells us the general story. Like you see these churches starting, um, but then you see them like forming really like um, in a leadership standpoint throughout the epistles. Um, and Titus, I think gives us really good insight into how they set themselves up, which is why I know that Paul didn't just go around sharing the gospel. He went around sharing the gospel and planting churches because in Titus, his letter to Titus in, in Titus one, five, it says this, this is why I left you in Crete. So he leaves Titus in Crete. So, so that for the purpose of you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town, as I directed you, literally the call there from Paul to Titus is go plant churches, autonomous local churches in every town. As I have directed you church planning. Like I just, is exactly what it is. Like go set up churches and, and set up elders. And so you see a structure being taken place. It's not just like, let's just, Oh, let's just all worship Jesus. We're the big C church here. Right? Like, no, there seems to be a very localized group of people forming in every town. So um, I think it's pretty clear to me. I, I don't know what else you want to add to that. Jesse, if you've got any other scriptural passages that come to mind, but those were the ones that kind of jumped out to me. Well, I think just commenting on the Titus one, um, it's so the phrase, um, that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders. There's this idea of organization yep. and intentionality, right. To use the word intentionality in terms of like, this is not just kind of a abstract, um, concept this is like a roadmap that we are given in terms of like, what does a church look like? And passages like this that you're bringing up, like this one in Titus, point us to ways that we can identify, okay, what is a church? What isn't a church? And what what defines who the local, like what a local assembly is, right? Mm. Um, it, it has leadership. It observes ordinances like the Lord's Supper, like baptism, right? Um, like that's a big part of what makes a church a church is the organization of it. That's not to say that it's all about the organization and the rules of it. Right. Absolutely not. But there are certain tenants that you need to have for a church to actually be um, a church, like yep. a, a local body, a local um like ecclesia, right? A congregation or assembly. So yeah, no, absolutely. And just the passage that you had mentioned before, um, the Acts passage in in chapter thirteen. If we could just go back there for a second. I mean, so Luke Acts, right? All one book. The Holy Spirit is so prominent in in both books, and again, like you see that again in verse two of chapter 13, they were worshiping the Lord and fasting and the Holy spirit said mm. so much of church planning has to be guided by the Holy spirit. Um, so like Adam, you and I have seen that in our experience where he's guided us and he's helped us. And we've seen that in other people's experiences too. Um, so as I was reading this passage, just before we started this podcast, it just stuck out to me again, like, man, the Holy spirit has to be such a connected part of what we're doing yeah. Um, because we, I mean, we can't do it on our own strength. We need his direction. We need his guidance, just like they did, you know, 2000 years ago, he tells them uh, who to send out. Um, we need 
the same kind of direction in our lives. At least I feel like I've experienced that in church planning. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. you have as well, but like, yeah. it's just so necessary. And I forget about the Holy spirit and his work and his impact and how much I need him. Um, and we, we can't do that. We can't yeah. sacrifice that, that, um, relying on the Holy spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a great kind of to cap this side of the conversation off to go into the next, <clears throat> I think we have to realize that, you know, if, if God, like, if this is the vehicle, if this is the way, if this is plan a to say it that way, like this is what he wants to be accomplished, then he is going to provide the power to accomplish it. Right. Like if church planning is the thing that he has ordained, this is what I want you to do. Go and make disciples, go plant churches. We have to believe, and we do believe because we see it in scripture and we see it played out in our lives that God is going to provide the power and the strength for us to carry that out. Like he's not going to call us into something and leave us behind. He's going to, he's going to sustain us through it. And I think that really goes well into kind of talking a little bit more personally which we will uh, talk about next week. Uh, we're going to split this up into two different podcasts. So we will hit all the personal stuff of church planning next week. The the oh my moments of church planning, just giving a little bit more insight into what church planning is like for us at Multiply Church, uh, for both Jesse and I. And so hope you will tune in next week. But we uh, we would love for you guys to go to our, our podcast pages and on Apple, Google, Spotify, rate, review us, subscribe. Uh, we want to continue to engage with you guys in this podcast. So uh, hope you guys tune in next week and we will check you guys later. Thank you.